So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? I'm Ben Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver. I'm a cine-newbie. We watch all kinds of movies and musicals. Apparently. New and old. And we let you know if you should watch them, too. Welcome back to Again, So yes. I Married a Cinephile. Yay. Like two weeks in a row. That's crazy. We have not done two weeks in a row in a while. A long time. Because summertime. Summertime. This episode is brought to you by Bubbly Sparkling Water. Bubbly Sparkling Water. It's like LaCroix, but cheaper because it's off-brand. Mmm. How's that taste, Ben? <sighs> Raspberry might be my favorite flavor. Yeah? The blackberry is actually very good. Blackberry is also very I'm good. I'm just kidding. Bubbly does not sponsor this. No, no, no. Neither oh. does the fire department. Jesus wept. But, uh, you know, people are out barbecuing. Yeah. And sometimes your eyebrows get blown off when you add that a little bit to too my much cousin. kerosene. Really? Yeah. Oh, he added wow. too much kerosene and he lit it and like it wasn't quite going. So he leaned over and it exploded into his face. <laughs> this is also a cousin who broke the microwave because he put the, uh, he had a thing of tea mm. and he put the whole thing in tea bag with the tag, oh. with the staple and all. I've, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I put a metal coffee cup in a microwave in high school you did we had to evacuate the entire high school oh, building oh my god because i realized oh i still have some some apple cider in my dad's oh, favorite coffee mug that no. i just decided to take to school with me one day of course and i just threw it in the microwave not even thinking about it and then boom Looking, oh my god yeah, just that's terrible pandemonium so Jesus. we had to clear everybody out get them into the parking lot be like, all right, so who the fuck did this? No one said fuck because it was a Christian school. Right. They were probably thinking that. And, just like, ah. and, the, and the hell of it was, there were initials on the mug. Oh my so you God. couldn't really hide it. It said MWF. MF. Oh, Michael yes. Wesley Farmer. Yeah. And I'm like, Shit. And also, you went to a school of like two people. So well, it's okay. Kind of there hard. were a little over 40 of us. In still, the entire high school. Still. Still. That's that that narrows down the <laughs> chances of getting away with it. It could have been worse if I went to public school. I yeah, guess. exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway. At any rate, um, so what are you excited about this week, Ben? I'm actually really excited to talk about what we're about to talk about. Me too. Um, but looking forward to this week, I have some really fun medical role playing stuff that I get to oh, do. Oh, that's right. Yay. So I get to take a few days off from Row House and go do some acting work uh, with some very good friends of mine from Hudson Warehouse. Um, so I'm very grateful and excited for that. And I'm wrapping up fundraising for my marathon fundraiser You're because close. October 2nd is the cutoff. I'm within about 700 bucks, I think. Oh my gosh. Maybe even 600 at this point. Uh -huh. But um, I'm going to be posting about that a lot more. So if you follow me on Instagram, get ready to see a lot of Hey, please give me your money. And tell them what the what it's for though. So not just give me it's money, not but give what me it's your money. for. You can Venmo me at Farmer Six Four Six. But the fundraising goes towards the New York Roadrunners team for kids. So what is that? In a nutshell, New York Roadrunners goes out to schools all over New York City. They're actually a nationwide nonprofit and they get kids excited about physical fitness at a young age. Okay. They even sponsor and sort of train up specific kids in their classes who sort of stand out from the crowd. Kids who want to learn a little bit more about uh, what it is to be an athlete, what it is to train. They also train them in things like public speaking, really? community service. Oh. There was a kid who came to our 12 mile run and did like a big introduction. He couldn't have been more than seven. Oh. And he speaks better than I do. Like this kid, like we're all just looking around like, wow, like none of us speak this well. So it was really cool to see, like, like. Because I feel like Team for Kids, like, from what I got, just like high level, is like, hey, we help make sure middle schoolers aren't fat. Like <laughs> that's how it can come across. It can. And so I didn't you know. know that, like, that's like the whole thing is about leadership as yeah, well as physical wellness. Yeah, it's so wellness much more than physical and... wellness because, as you and I, I think, can both agree, physical wellness ties into so much more in our lives. Right. It has to do with quality of life. 
um, you know, energy, how you sleep, genetics, genetics, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it goes to team for kids. Every single cent goes to them. I get none of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell people to Venmo me because sometimes that's easier and faster. Rocket is just wandering around Rocket, trying to find a seat. Sit. 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 Heel. Behave. Lay down. He literally slid that whole way down to the floor. Anyways, uh, anyway, so that's yeah, great. Wrapping all that up uh, this week, but fundraising ends October second, which be sure is like to donate. So the away. link will also be in our Instagram page. So if you go to Simac Podcast, if you go to my Instagram at Farmer Six Four Six, it is in my profile. It's it's on my it's on my bio. Mine is also in my link tree thing in my Instagram bio. You can find it a lot of just give him money. Yeah, please make sure just, you know. Like support. If you children. see me, if you ever see me, just give me money. Just give me money. Just even I after I'm done running this marathon, I'll give it to kids somewhere. <laughs> I'll give it to some kid. I'll give it to some kid. I'll give it to the kid inside. You of know, me. The, I live in New York. Yeah. There's newsies on literally every right. corner. Yeah, warming themselves over a dumpster fire. Exactly. With their little caps. Yes. What are you excited for this week? Um, I'm excited for. So I've actually got the cabaret this weekend. That's what she said, which is all of the ladies, uh, and some non-binary folks of the office. Great. Um, so we're... I didn't know they're uh, non-binary. Yes, that's amazing. They them. That's so great. Yes. Yeah. So they them and all the rest of us and actually a couple of guys as well mm-hmm. are performing this weekend and doing fun stuff to kind of make awareness around. Hey, we don't need to have like all men in a cast. There's ways to do shows and have it be non-gender specific. Absolutely. Um, and be hilarious and entertaining. So yeah. that's this weekend on Sunday night at nine thirty at Feinstein's. 54 below um and then also too i'm starting to rehearse for the next cabaret which mm-hmm. i'm doing on october 2nd at duplex which is called two drink minimum with my good friends rebecca turan and sarah yagel so i'm very excited for that as well i mean just like honestly people that women specifically who are like mm-hmm. let's make something yeah and let's create opportunities for people to perform that may not have the opportunity to perform elsewise and I think you would agree this grind in New York that we all do as actors and artists, we audition a lot. Yeah. We hear no most of the time. Right. So this is a way for us, you, not me, but for you, like, I'm, oh, by the way, oh, I'm putting by myself the way, in, I'm gonna, in these cabarets. I'm doing it. It's, it's a way for you to, again, create your own work. Yeah. And to stay warm and to, and to get yourself out there and just to be performing Right. Um, but also help out a good cause. Right. Because yeah. otherwise, you know, you would be stuck on the street begging for for change. Mm-hmm. Like one character we might know from her past. <laughs> Is that a good segue? Is that too clunky? I would have been like speaking of speaking of crazy ass musicals and crazy cabarets and crazy ca- hey i mean it technically is a cabaret great I suppose. that's great so we watched moulin rouge the musical the, musical. the broadway musical that's right and i think we wanted to talk about the broadway musical as well as the movie which you and i have seen Countless times. Many, many, many times. I feel like it's a movie that I can just kind of refer to and just pick stuff out of. It's your favorite movie. It's my absolute favorite movie. Right. And I am not ashamed of that. I I have a long history with this movie, as it turns out. Right. Um, So being able to see it last night... For our anniversary. For our anniversary, our five-year wedding anniversary, uh, we it, it was it was an experience. Yes, it was just some. I, I feel like it's something that we'll just remember forever. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was an enchanted evening. It there, was. The, 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 there was a lot going on. There was. Just like the movie. Just like There's the movie. A lot movie. going on. But um, so yeah, go ahead. Do uh, let's do plot breakdown for IMDb. So we're gonna break or... it down for IMDb a little bit, and then we're gonna bridge a little bit back and forth between the movie and the Broadway show. Okay. Um, and this is this might be the shortest breakdown I've ever seen. For IMDb, a poet falls for a beautiful courtesan whom a jealous duke covets. The, it, y- 
Uh, no. It's 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 a little bit more no. complicated than that. Okay, no. here's another one. The year is 1899, and Christian, a young English writer, has come to Paris to follow the Bohemian Revolution, taking hold of the city's drug and prostitute infested underworld. Okay. What? That and makes him sound like he's an under- undercover cop. <laughs> Christian's a Christian's narc. Christian's a narc. <laughs> and nowhere is the thrill of the underworld more alive than at the Moulin Rouge, a nightclub where the rich and poor men alike come to be entertained by the dancers. But things take a wicked turn for Christian as he starts a deadly love affair with the star courtesan of the club, Satine. What? It, it, why, why would it be deadly from the start? This is horrible. Yeah, this is bad. But her affections are also coveted by the club's patron, the Duke. A dangerous love triangle ensues as Satine and Christian attempt to fight all odds to stay together, but a force that not even love can conquer is taking toll on Satine. Okay, that last part I'm fine with. Okay. I'm fine with the last okay, part. So you, Just d- everything d- d- leading up that, to it was horrible. About everything. Christian the narc <laughs> having BDSM with no safe word, <laughs> and then it turns out there's some other force that's going to tear them apart. Cacao. That's, that's basically what I got from that. <laughs> that's what I got from that. Ooh, I mean, yeah, so that, that more or less hits a ton of different plot points. Um, shall we just start talking about... Yeah, so I... So what... Let's just first off, my impression of the musical, because that's the thing we've most recently seen. Let's talk about our history with okay. Moulin Rouge itself. You go first. My history actually is very different from yours. Uh, surprise. So I went and saw Moulin Rouge first with my very first boyfriend Aww. when I was 16. I just turned 16. Hmm. Uh, and we were late to the theater because we were making out somewhere. <laughs> And what so, movie theater did you go to? I can't remember. Oh, can't remember? It, I think oh. it was out in Tigard, I want to oh, say. Okay. But we went and showed it to the movie theater, and we had already gotten past like most of the introduction. Yeah. We had gotten to the part in the movie where they're on the picnic and they're singing Come What May. What? That's the movie's when, half over. Yeah. That's like the start of act two. Yeah. Holy shit. That's when I saw Moulin what? Rouge. So I was wildly <laughs> confused and had no idea what was going on. I also didn't know what Baz Luhrmann's style was. Oh, sure. So that was jarring for Wait, me. Wait, had you seen Romeo and Juliet before? No. Oh, and I had okay. also not seen Strictly Ballroom. Okay, okay. I had not seen any Baz Luhrmann stuff. So okay. I was really, between showing up halfway through the movie Mm. and then being really jarred by it because i didn't know the style i hated it when i first saw it i hated moulin rouge i would not blame you i was like this is awful what are we doing here this is so confusing (laughs) and i was like why why did we come to this we should just kept making out at the middle school parking lot so then i came back to it a couple years later where people like i really think you would like it maybe you should watch it again okay and then i watched it again and i was like this is amazing and fantastic And so then, of course, you know, you've got when you're graduating high school, everybody is singing those songs oh, sure. for like their senior recital. Yep. Yep. So and we all were like doing the Moulin Rouge, <laughs> Hey Sister, Soul Sister. Lady Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. Thank mm. you. We were all doing that in our cars. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then it grew on me. But my very first experience was not a good one because it was jaded in a stupid way. When you sang Lady Marmalade in four part harmony. Whose part did you sing? Oh, I always sing alto. So that would have been pink? No, okay, so we so we didn't actually, it was just one, we all <laughs> wanted to sing that, but our choir director was like, no, we can't do that. Because it was pink, Maya, um, Christina Aguilera, and, uh, what's her name? I think she's in jail right now. <laughs> no touching, no touching. What is her name? <laughs> no touching. Um, what is her name? Oh, Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. Yeah, Lil' Kim. Yes, I right. I Lil' Bow Wow and Lil' John. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lil, um, <laughs> Lil' Sebastian. Lil' Sebastian. <laughs> uh, no, so we couldn't sing that, but someone wanted to sing Come What May. No, I'm saying, like, yeah. if you sang it in your car with your girlfriends, would oh, you sing a certain part? Oh, we would just part? all sing everything. Oh, really? When we got to the rapping part, we all awkward. Hey, G's in the streets, and I sticks, says, hitchy, gitchy, yeah, yeah. Like that, that across the board was just awkward girls trying to rap and it That's never amazing. worked. Right. Awkward Catholic. Yes. Awkward Catholic white girls trying, trying to, rap. to rap. That's amazing. It was rough. Uh, what was your history with Moulin Rouge? Wow. Um, so just like you and maybe many of our listeners, I grew up with Disney musicals in my house. Right. So musicals were very much a part of my life. 
that being said, I went to a private school mm-hmm. and we didn't do musicals on stage. We, we didn't even have a theater. Our theater oh. was actually the church chapel area. Uh-huh. Like you've, you've been to my church many years ago. Yeah. But that's where we would perform if we were to perform. But it was Got mostly it. choir, like recitals and stuff like sure. that. Sure. So we never did like actual shows unless they were based on Christian themes. Okay. So we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. When this movie came out, I knew it was a musical, and I knew I wanted to see it. Like you, I showed up to the downtown Salem Cinema movie theater. <laughs> that was like so specific. Twenty minutes late, not oh, okay. not like an hour late, like you did. Hey, but <laughs> I was sixteen. It was my first boyfriend. I was sixteen as well. And wait a minute, if you were sixteen, then that... we had just turned. Oh, you just yeah, turned. Oh, okay, we're close so enough right, to each right, other. Right. Okay. right. So. I show up about 20 minutes late. We've passed the entire intro of the intro of the Moulin Rouge, of okay. the can-can of okay. Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Oh, wow. We've passed all of that. Oh. Rhythm of the Night, all that shit. And we are now in the elephant. Like, mm-hmm. Christian has gone to the elephant to meet Satine. And we'll break this down in a few minutes. And that's when I got into the movie because I had to go to concessions and get all my shit. And then, like, I'm running in with, like, my drink and my nachos and I'm, like, trying to find a seat. Right. Sat in the aisle, which I never do. Um, And this is the part where Christian starts trying to formulate your song. Like he's trying, he's coming up with the lyrics. So it's a little bit funny. Right. uh, And he's really nervous. And there's like this double entendre of like, oh, it's 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 quite different what I do. But I think if you relax, then you'll really enjoy it. Right. You know, Um, so I didn't really know what was going on. I feel like there, there was miscommunication. And then... Nicole Kidman starts faking orgasms and stuff like she's oh getting off. Oh my god, to, that's right! I forgot. <laughs> like about she's that. wrapping herself in this like bearskin right. blanket yes! where she's like, yes! "Don't stop! Don't yes! stop! Yeah!" Oh like, my god, I and forgot then about that. Finally, he finally sings the first line of the song. My gift is my song. And I remember the whole theater just being like, "It just like a fucking quieted. pin drop." Yeah. There's a few moments in the movie that do that, but everyone in the theater, I think, was just went, oh. Because have we seen Ewan McGregor sing yet? He, he sang a little bit at, at the beginning of the movie. He sang in the movie Emma a little bit. Okay. Um, so we knew, I, I think but we knew he kind of had a voice. But also that moment, just like, it's stilled so it, perfectly. It, it, it hits you like well a crafted. hammer, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, like Baz Luhrmann paced it to that point yeah. where it kind of builds up, flourishes to that so moment. So that moment happens. So that moment happens, and I was just, like, I was, I was in. And then I walk out of the movie theater and I'm like, that may have been the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. So I ran across the street to Sam Goody. Sam Goody is a, an old CD an and old movie CD and store. poster store. For all you youngsters out there. That they used to have in something called a shopping mall. That don't know how to use a rotary phone. <laughs> right. As we just unpacked our order from Amazon. Um, right. we, uh, I, I went over and bought the soundtrack immediately. immediately. And I Aww. listened to it. Just nonstop. Nonstop. I could not get enough of it. And I feel like it actually had a much deeper meaning. And I, I didn't really realize it, in fact, until last night at the show. Oh. Where I'm like kind of piecing everything together. Why it was so important. Yeah, why it was so important to me. And we can sort of talk about Christian's journey and all that kind sure. of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was my first experience. I saw it two more times in the oh. theater. Um, it was just, it was just my movie. It became mm-hmm. my movie. I remember renting it on, uh, on pay-per-view uh-huh. and watching it with my parents who weren't terribly into musicals. Like my mom was like, yeah, but then we get to that same scene and my parents are like, just watching this. They're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I'm like, just wait, just wait, just fuck, just wait. And then he starts to sing your song, and they're uh-huh. like, oh, okay. oh, okay. It still wasn't really their cup of tea. Sure. But that was my beginning with yeah. Moulin Rouge. So. so now, bridging over to the Broadway musical. Yes. So seeing this, I would say I fucking loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I, I, everybody that's asked me is like, oh, my God, what did you think? I'm like, I loved it. I have some notes. Like, it feels like someone injected, Megan. I know. injected just, glucose straight into my yeah, into, yeah, and I had a was, sugar high for like, two and a half hours. As soon as you walk into the theater, yes, there was it was literally felt like Boslerman had thrown up all over the walls. It felt and like on you were in 
it felt like, like you, were you were in, in the Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yeah, because right. everything was bright red. Right. There were 10 or 12 chandeliers. Like You, you had, had an the, actual windmill. You had the windmill. You yeah. had the elephant. Yeah, the elephant. Uh, which wasn't functional, but he was there. He was there. Watching over us all, just like Jesus. Thank you, Babar. And, uh, and so... Yeah, so it was it was like immediately you knew the tone of the show that it was going to be over the top. Yes, and then like some actors and actresses like streamed in before yeah, the show even got started and like set the tone even more. Although the difference here was that instead of it being raucous and loud and crazy, mm. they were very it was just very voyeuristic. Yes, and just very quiet, almost like and slow, like just like a, a striptease almost that is on yeah. like just slowed down. Yeah, it reminded me of Cabaret a little bit, a little yeah. bit of Rocky. Uh, yes kind of mixed in a little Very, bit yes. but yeah you're right like the voyeuristic kind of like looking at you judging you a little bit like but also i know to like pulling like, you in come on in yes. that kind of thing which but is great. as soon as the lights go out and then come back up and we're hit with a new version of lady marmalade yes to start out then it just fucking takes it took off. the fuck off like and does not stop it's it was very much a it, it was very theatrical in the yes. sense that this is based on a movie. Yeah. There, there are two points where the lights, well, actually there are multiple points where, where everything just goes completely black. They're yes. Com- I think they, there were three different times. They flipped this giant switch yeah, on the side. Yeah, that all the lights went out. Yeah. And so it's, it's very, it's very presentational in the sense that there's a lot of narration. Christian comes on and starts to tell his story. This mm-hmm. is my story about falling in love for the first mm-hmm. time. This is why I. This is how I got to the Moulin Rouge and met Satine, and this is right. what happened. Right. Know. It it changed to be a little bit more of instead of in the movie where it's almost Toulouse being the narrator a bit of the story of mm. love, it became more about Christian telling the story of why he wrote the show that you're seeing. Right. That was the flip there. Yeah. In terms of yeah. the narration. Even though Ewan McGregor narrates a lot in he the does. movie, um, you're right. I feel like that it it was definitely focused more. On this is why, like you said, well, this maybe is why it wasn't. Maybe the movie isn't so much to lose narrating. I yeah. just remember the first thing is to lose starting the movie off. That's what yes. I remember. Yeah, which with, was not the case. For right, this. right. In the movie, he starts it off with uh, Nature Boy, with Nature Boy by yeah. David Bowie, um, which is sung in the movie. There are oh there are parts God. of the show that uh, there are parts of the movie that are spliced in at different points in the show. Yeah, like the Green Fairy doesn't show up until after so intermission. I was so mad. I was like, we're at intermission. I was like, there's no Green Fairy. That was kind of an important right. part. So let's actually go back and chat a little bit about what the plot is. Okay. I feel like we can kind of. Well, let's just nutshell it. Like, okay. I mean, you know, artist comes to Paris. Yes. He's in the movie. He's American. No. In the no. musical, he's American. In the it, yes, in the musical, he's American. In the movie, he's English. Okay. I think he's moving from London. London, there. Yes. In the musical, he's coming from America, and he's come to essentially learn how to be a composer to spread his wings and fly as an artistic force. Yes. And stumbles upon Toulouse and what's the other guy's and, name? And uh, the, the unconscious Argentinian. Yes. And oh my God, I totally forgot. Why yeah. wasn't he unconscious? I know he wasn't an narcoleptic in this <gasps> he show. He wasn't an narcoleptic which... in the. Which kind of made me sad. Oh, I didn't and even we, think about that. And we actually that. lost part of him. It, it was interesting to me that in the musical, in, in the stage version, that Ziedler actually starts the tango. Yes. Yeah. Wait, which, which we actually had the tango twice in the musical. Did we? Yeah, because oh. you had it with the Lady Gaga version. Oh, okay. And then it comes back in the second act for as Roxanne. for Roxanne. Got it, got it. Which got I it. thought was really interesting yeah. that they, they put it in there twice. Yes. I felt like... That could have been a different song, but also too like Roxanne and that whole tango thing is one of the big parts of that movie. Very much so. so. I understand. That's, that's like why the eleven o'clock it. number. Exactly. So so Christian arrives in Paris, eighteen ninety nine. It's the summer of love. He's there to live a penniless existence, to pursue to truth, be beauty, artist. freedom, and love. Yes. To live with no money, and he does. He he stumbles upon these other three artists who are writing a musical right. to sell to Ziedler, who is the proprietor of the, proprietor of the Moulin Rouge. Right. So that they can sell it to him and put on a show, have Satine star in it. Yes. They're having conflicts about the writing. They can't quite get, you know, the, one, the, thing. the one part. And we should say, for those of you who are, who are not familiar with Moulin Rouge, the music are current pop songs. Yes. As a mashup, it's essentially. Technically, both the movie and the musical yes. are technically jukebox musicals. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're taking a bunch of different songs that are either popular, although I feel like this that's not a jukebox musical in my opinion, because in my experience, jukebox musicals are specific to a band, a time, 
like, like a the eighties, yeah, or a, a or like a specific artist or something, yeah, yeah. And this was not. It's just like a bunch of fucking songs. It's all like over the sixty place. to seventy years worth of songs. Like right. It's it's insane. And the one difference between the musical and the movie, yeah. is that it had seventy songs. Right. In it, like in the program, it yeah, in lists the playbill, there's like the a page and a half. It's insanity. Yeah, it's fucking How crazy. How many songs they put into this music? And it's been 20 years between the movie and the Broadway show, so they updated a lot of the songs in the musical right. to kind of tie in with current pop songs. Right. And for the most part, they really worked. Yeah. Um. They they told they helped tell the story. Yeah. Of the show. If I didn't like great. a song for the most part, it's just because I don't like that song in right. real life. Not because it was bad for the narrative. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. So so Christian meets up with these writers. He agrees to work with them to be the writer. And he goes to the Moulin Rouge with these guys sort of undercover. Right. Disguised as rich people because that's the right. only way they can get in. And they're trying to get to Satine and Ziedler to sell this musical. What they don't know is that there is also... A man there who's there to see Satine, right. the Duke, right? Who wants to essentially possess her? Yes, you know, own her. And they want to in turn use the Duke because he's fucking rich, right. and they are on their last leg financially and need an investor. He can in finance order to keep the Moulin Rouge alive. Right, he can finance the musical and keep the Moulin Rouge open. That was something that was different in the musical that I thought was a really interesting. They really hit home yeah. that like if the Moulin Rouge closes, all of your friends are back out on the street, and not only that, we're going. Back Back to prostituting yeah. like they very much made it clear and yeah. same thing too they broke down satine in very a new much and different yeah, way yeah, yeah. that's like yeah. there was literally a line in the show where he said satine was doing tricks at 13, 13 years, years old. old yeah so it's like you and even to in an interview uh of the main actress what was her name uh karen olivia yes who's uh, olivia uh, she was amazing yeah um she was fantastic she she even said in that um and i'm gonna pull it up like, they said, beyond differences in music, how do you think the show is different from the movie and what's going to surprise people? And she said, the difference is between my Satine and Nicole Kidman's character. On screen, there's something very precious and ethereal about her, but mine is very boots on the ground. She's going yeah. to carve her way through the world one way or another. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. that's exactly what it was. And and I think both interpretations Work. have a lot to say. Oh, but okay. for Baz Luhrmann's... Uh, vision yes. for his movie right. Nicole Kidman's Satine works she is the sparkling diamond yes. like the the way they shoot her especially in that first number where she drops comes from the ceiling. and comes from the ceiling which, which, happened, which happened, happened in the musical and it rained twice we should say that we got a seating upgrade and yeah. we're sat with, I could reach my hand out and we touch, the, touch stage. the stage the actors were spitting like, on we us we hurt like our necks was... by turning around because there's actually a round that goes through the audience where people like actors will go come through and around and they closed us in essentially yeah like, we, we, were could, not we couldn't escape when we wanted to yeah but it was it was great because i feel like it was a much more immersive experience it like there's there's was. little like cafe tables in front of us and it's like you're oh there watching there so show many and, details uh, like serious props to any design and creative oh that worked on this musical the costumes oh my god the lighting that we we had like uh glitter and yeah stuff so, raining down on us so satine so she comes down but the way baz Luhrmann shot her because <laughs> nicole kidman is so pale her skin almost looks translucent. You yes. Know? So he shot her with a lot of blues. Yes. And her her skin is just pasty white, but it really stands out. But you're right, Satine in the Broadway show, Karen's version is you're, you're right, boots she on the ground. Boots on the ground. Has a past yes. that we don't really get into in the movie. Right. You know, which I loved. I thought that was a different way of yeah. taking it. Yeah. And also too, like and Toulouse as well, oh which my I God. really appreciated because the they, only thing I didn't like about Toulouse is that he had this line. Well, okay, so he says in the musical. Like, he's always, he's known Satine since they were since kids. Since they were kids, yeah. And they used to, like, run around in the gutter together and, like, beg for food. Yeah. And so he said that, you know, I've always been in love with her, but I've never confessed my love because who would love a gimpy person yeah. like me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I remember from the movie, he's a midget. Right. But then in this, he just has a limp and he's got a cane. Yeah, there, there's, part it's of me not is really like, specified. Unless you're Quasimodo, I mean, I would get with that. Like, yeah. I don't know why yeah. he felt that his lame leg would not be enough to, I don't know. That was one part where I was like, uh, if he's going to be, love, yeah. you know, 
I wanted, if that was going to be the reason he didn't go for her, I wanted something more physically. It could have gone a little further. Um, in the movie, John Leguizamo, who plays uh, Toulouse. Yes. Yes, he's a little person. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he walked around on his knees and had right. shoes put on his knees and on his costume. And right. It was, it was really entertaining, actually. It's never really specified if he's in love with Satine or not. It, it, he does say that, I know about art and love, if only because I long for both with every fiber of my being. And mm. no one has ever really loved me that way. Mm. It, it's not specific to Satine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mind that in the Broadway show, but I, I think you're right. I feel like they could have maybe... And also, too, in the Broadway show, I don't remember, in the movie, <clears throat> Toulouse doesn't write the musical. No. There's, a, there's another character named... Oh Audrey. yeah, the magi- the the magician. Audrey's the, Audrey's the first composer the who leaves. Yeah, when Christian shows up. Right. Um, but Christian is the one who writes the words. Yes. And I guess the music as well. So right. I think they just lost the composer character and just merged them both into, into Christian and okay. into, into they. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. So at any rate, they, he's in the Moulin Rouge, like right. they're, they're in, and he sees Satine, and he falls in love with her instantaneously. And then goes to sneak up to the uh, the elephant. The elephant. To that's meet because with her. Satine thinks Christian is the Duke. Right. So there's, there's this sort of Shakespearean mistaken yep. identity thing going on here. Yeah. This is Twelfth Night and any other show with mistaken identity and right. all that stuff. So so she thinks Christian is the Duke, mm-hmm. and she's like playing kind of dumb and like <laughs> like sparkling diamond right like she's she's asking harold zidler like what kind of personality should i be should i be oh that's should right. i she the wilted flower right bright and bubbly or smoldering temptress right and he said smoldering and temptress. he goes smoldering temptress yes. and she and she goes for it and uh he's he, he sings your song she she falls in love with christian instantaneously mm-hmm. But then the duke shows up and it, right. then she finds out that he's not the duke and she right. flips and then the duke is there and she's so trying to hide to, Christian like, cover their asses and, and actually shows while up. all this is happening too, the troop is watching. Right. So they manage to fall in and they excuse it and say, Oh, we were just rehearsing. Yeah. We were rehearsing this show this that we play. wanted you to do. And we wanted to show it to you, Mr. Duke, and you're here. So have a seat and we're going to play this right. whole thing out for you, which is when we get in the movie, we get spectacular, spectacular. Right. Essentially, I think it's the same number in the Broadway musical. Uh, different songs. Oh, really? But they still different end songs, it. Yes. They still end it, which I love for anybody that's like a Moulin Rouge geek. They still so ended exciting. it. Same thing. The audience will start to cheer. They still ended with right, that, which right, I love. Which I really like. There's um, a lot of callbacks to the movie, which help you kind of piece together what's yeah, going on. For those of you who've seen the movie, you can appreciate it. As right. Well, so. And then uh, Christian and Satine have to sort of hide their love affair. Right. Christian goes back to the elephant and says, did that mean anything to you? And she's right. like, no, I'm paid to make men believe what they want to believe. I'm a right. courtesan. This is what I do. Right. Also, this is my last fucking shot, which is right. something I really liked in the musical when Satine said, I am not getting any younger. I loved that so addition. I have to, I have to win over the Duke because he's going to give me the life I want. He's going to keep the Moulin Rouge open. Right. And this is what I need. You are a penniless was, writer. That was something different with the Duke, too, is is that not only, A, in the musical, they made him dangerous to a different level. Yes. It he's wasn't a just gangster like, in the musical. He's, like, kind of a dick. Yeah. It was like, no, he will literally cut your throat open. Right. He's done it before. Well, in the movie, he has a henchman. He has he, his... That's right. His, my manservant, Warner. <laughs> I do a really good Richard Roxburgh Duke impression. Do you? I really okay. do. Yes. It's a little bit funny this feeling inside. Uh, my manservant Warner will deal with it. And so <laughs> they lost the manservant role in the musical. They just made the Duke a dangerous gangster. Right. So yeah, like you said, he's dangerous. He'll cut your throat right. if he needs to right. to get what he wants. And then he also in the musical like very much made it clear this is what I can give you because hey, guess what? I bought you a house. Yeah. Look at that. That house is yours, but I need all of you. Right. Not just some of you. I need all of you, possessed, including to your possess heart. Satine, so this utterly. is something that I was going to ask you about, and I was curious if you noticed this in the musical versus the movie. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it sounds like the very last thing, the last thing that Satine has not done with the Duke is have any kind of sex with him. Like consummate that. Yes, yeah. they have not consummated their relationship in any way. Correct. And that's like the last straw, which is what causes Roxanne, which is what causes all these different things to happen because like 
she's saying, I have to do this. And Christian is like, please don't do this. Like, I love you. This is going to break me. I won't be able to, to look at you the same way. And she's like, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. In the musical, it almost seemed like they had already had sex. They already had sex. They had I'm sex completely sold on the ago. fact that they did because... Like, right at the beginning. He has... I don't remember if this is before or after Spectacular Spectacular, but he has the whole... After. Please allow me to introduce myself. myself. I'm yep. a man of wealth and taste. And he, yes. has the, he has his whole number. Right. And he sort of lays out, here's what I can do for you. And they end the song with them on, on the, the Shays Lounge. Like, with lights going down and yeah, he's, and like, he's pulling like pulling away on her clothes. Yep. It's like, okay, so, so like, they're yeah, going to have sex. So I, so I liked the, that. In the musical, it yes. was more about, I need your heart. I have your body. I have your attention yes. for the most part, but I don't have your heart. Correct. And that's the one thing that's missing. I felt like that's very abstract and difficult for most audiences to understand that that was the last straw. Right. I feel like for the movie, it's very clear. They haven't had sex. That's the thing that's like the last, the last turning point that, that pulls them apart as a yeah. couple, Christian and Satine. So it was an interesting choice that 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 they had already had sex in the musical. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like, and I told you this yesterday. Richard Roxburgh, who plays the Duke in the movie, yeah, uh, th- there are numerous points where I actually feel sorry for him. Like I he's mean, he's kind of a fop. He's a dimwit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and the guy who played him, his name is Tam Mutu, who is uh, who who was who was really great. He like was he, great. he was very imposing and I like missed, you, you felt a little bit of his danger some of the buffoonery yeah right I, I i almost wish the duke was a little bit of a fool because in the movie his turn yes. when he finally gets violent on satine he's not acting like a a stupid foppish man no. you're like oh this man is going to hurt her right and he goes a little nuts but it's also it you you almost justify it in a way because he's like, you made me believe that you loved me. Right. You said all of this stuff to me. Right. You said how wonderful life is now you're in the world I and you missed, made me believe you. I missed a little right, bit of that. Right, I missed the, the, in the musical, I missed some of the torture that Satine put the Duke right. through. Because I feel like he's well aware and yeah, knows yeah, yeah. that there's something he else knows. going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also like, if my mistress is going to be like out around in society, I need you to look the right part and right. I need you to live in the right place. Right. Like it didn't, there, the stakes weren't about love right. the stakes were about i want something pretty right and so and ownership ownership like I, I want to right. possess you the, yes. she's the sparkling diamond Correct. i want to have her because i i also got the impression that this this gangster this duke in the musical also has probably fifth five oh, yeah. other women on the oh, side yeah you know? absolutely. so he's like this strategically placing them around europe right. right so so the only other thing too in that same one of my things that i noticed is for christian the Duke and the blonde whore, who is the tango Nini, gal, yes. Nini. 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 Nini legs in the air. Is oh my god! Name. Okay. <laughs> Nini all, all legs the, in the air. All of the dancers at the Moulin Rouge, especially in the movie, had very specific identities. There's right. like uh, a like Nini and baby doll, and everyone had a very specific look and type. Who I believe was played by Robin Herbert. Robin Herder, yes. Herder in the musical. In the musical. So who was who was wonderful? She was wonderful, oh and god. then Christian was played by. And then, yes, the Duke. So yes. those three, I don't know if it was like a director's choice or if it was like a, how the story was written, mm. but all three of those characters, I really missed certain aspects that were a part of the movie. Mm. So, like, like the love triangle of it? Like no, the... no, no. Like for Christian, Christian is super awkward and bumbly and mm. like kind of fumbly and, and yeah. sweet. Yeah, like he's the innocent. He you know? immediately in the musical kind of shows up and he already seems like the hero. Yeah. yeah like yeah, it yeah. didn't seem like he, you weren't drawn in because he, he's so sweet. He almost kind of stumbles into this yeah. whole thing. His naivete is what makes him so attractive and so endearing. Yes. And I feel like that was not part of this. And Ewan McGregor really pulls that off. Like right. you like you you get the sense that like oh he he hasn't he hasn't really experienced being in right. love. And he hasn't because, he hasn't experienced a whole lot of things. Right. And then that arc to the end for yes. the character is is much more massive yes. and like same thing too with the duke i missed like you said that foppish ridiculousness and then into that turn where you're like oh fuck he could actually hurt you yeah. and then the other thing for nini legs in the air that's so weird um that 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 role made much less sense to me oh. in the musical than it did in the movie oh okay because there was one part where she even says like oh look 
you better watch out because the Duke is deadly. He did it with this other model. They poured acid on her face when she found out, when right. he found out she was right. with somebody else. But I'm telling you, because you're my sister, I've envied you the moment that I saw you. I really you. wish that, and maybe this is another movie we should do. We should definitely watch Showgirls. Okay. Uh, because. Because it was just like, I, I feel like. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, not to steamroll here, but, but Gina Gershon plays this older Vegas dancer and Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell is kind of the new kid in town oh. who's kind of like rising up and kind of like pushing Gina Gershon out. So these two are constantly having like a push like, oh, I'm going to break your ankles or some shit like right. that. Like one is is jealous like, of the I other. I felt like the character in and of itself was actually robbed a bit and the actress had less to work with hmm. in that part because it felt like just this ra- random vomit of exposition. Yeah. And then throughout, like she had the love triangle with the... With the Argentinian. The Argentinian, yeah. which wasn't actually a love triangle. No, not really. It was just... She was, like, the, they were just... They just had an stupid. on again and off again, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. showmance. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing I missed, and I was like, I wanted that more grovel. I wanted more, like, bitterness. Yeah. And I wanted that to show throughout, because there wasn't any bitterness towards because, the teen from her until that moment. Because Nini, in the movie, is the one who reveals to the Duke, oh, these two were fucking... Yeah, exactly. Fucking. And then the Duke's like... Oh, oh, you know, like he didn't even notice until exactly. now. Like I he, he just that. constantly thought, like, oh, she's constantly rehearsing, and I just have to play the part. You know, that that sort of thing. <laughs> right. Where he's like following them with his picnic basket, like they're walking Look, through the park. My dear little frog. Look, dear little, little frog. Um, and then, he, yeah, he was just kind of an idiot. So you're right. I I feel like there were there were some elements that were changed, but in the musical, the stage version, it was much more again about sisterhood, about me needing to protect you. And protecting all the other people pr- involved but, in the movie. But she's Rouge. also protecting herself she because is, right. this is employment. This is everything right. I have and but I'm not gonna go back dancing. That on was a tabletops. level that I missed. Exactly. Yeah. That I wished yeah. that they had brought over from the movie a little bit more. Right. So again, the, the getting back to the plot a little bit, Christian and Satine have this this uh <laughs> fateful starcraft love affair right you know almost rnj style uh, and we're constantly uh having these amazing musical numbers we actually have an original song to, all right technically come what may is not an original song for moulin rouge what i'm gonna drop a bomb on you right now what america explain so come what may was actually written for romeo and juliet <gasps> but it was never used so they used it for Moulin Rouge, but they couldn't nominate it for Best Original Song because, because it was it intended was already... for another movie. Oh, interesting. And it would have won an Oscar for what? Original Song, especially if Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman got up there during the ceremony and fucking just tore the fucking roof off of that. Mine. Oh, off the Dolby Theater. Blown. Yeah. So it wasn't not an original song. Okay. So they're together. Then the Duke is. Finds mis- out. Finds out. And then all hell breaks loose because Satine now also finds out at the same time right. that she has consumption. She's dying. She does not oh, have yeah. long. That's a big plot point we should have probably hit earlier. Oh, it's Satine fine. is dying. Satine she is has dying. Consum- she, she has Doc Holiday syndrome. She has right. like she's all, she's got a little bit of time. Now, just to really quickly point something out to yep. everybody in the audience. Yep. So if you have not seen the movie or the 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 play Oh Hello. <laughs> Uh, with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. It is on Netflix. You should watch it. You should watch it's it. It's amazing. There's one part where they make fun of how in plays, when someone is sick, they cough into a handkerchief, and then there's blood on the handkerchief to show that someone is sick without <laughs> revealing to the entire cast or the story that they're sick. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so You like, cough into a handkerchief, and then you show the audience it's red. Like, right. I had to do it um in king lear oh. after i get punched oh after right, regan right, right. after regan punches me right i have to like wipe my lips it and then, like show like all... gesture it i'm like oh right. look at all this blood that's like what they do it's, it's like, like a theater trope so <laughs> when that happened right in front of us she coughs into a handkerchief ben started and myself i'm not gonna exclude myself started giggling i imagine if thinking you thinking about oh hello with george and gill because we are Boom tide. <laughs> She's not well. That girl's sick as a dick. <laughs> I imagine. I know that sheep's dog's blood. <laughs> since we're right in front of the stage. They could Everyone see us. Everyone can see us, now, including the audience. So yeah. it must have just looked like I was having some sort of convulsion. Sure, you I were crying. Not That's what it was. You were crying. All over you were really scene. sad. I did not want these actors to look me in the well, eye. You and, and I, I both had to like focus. There was also a guy there who clapped 
at everything. It was specifically it was just one guy who was like, yeah. It was so weird. At the at the most inappropriate times, too. Yeah. I do not know how the actors held it together, but So they here's did. the thing, though. Keep in mind, one, he could have been inebriated. Maybe. Two, he, he also, also could, could have been on the spectrum. He exactly. He could have had... And exactly. that happens. That's that does happen. That's happened to shows yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, mm-hmm. both of those. Yep, yep. So it was... It was distracting, it was distracting, but we got through it. Yes. Um, okay, so at this point now, we've gotten to the kind of the final of Act 3. Yeah, end of Act 2, where the Duke finds out. Where, Duke he's find set, out. where he he tells Ziedler to tell Christian and Satine, this needs to end now, or I'm going to kill Christian. Right. And I'm just going to possess Satine. She's never going to see the light of day again. And Satine knows that she's dying, so she doesn't want Christian to be killed, doesn't want anything to happen to him. So, Plus he'll pull all the funding from the show and the Moulin Rouge will close. Right. So she, High stakes. she says, like, I never loved you. I choose the Duke I over you. I choose the Duke over you. And then has a moment of weakness in the movie where she sees Christian down in the street. And he he's like, oh, I see. Yes, that's right. And then that's when the Duke kind of freaks yeah. out. And again, the Duke says to Satine, you made me believe that you loved me. How could you do this? Oh, my God. I just thought of something. Yeah. The big black guy yeah. in the movie. Shuckalot. Shuckalot is in love with Satine. That was clear think to so? me from the start. You think and he's so? the one that saves her. Mm. Yes, he does. I wonder if that's maybe part of, like, they also added that in with Toulouse for the musical. Right. We have the big tango number, the, the Roxanne number, in the movie right. and in the stage play. But in oh. the movie, the, the, the culminating part, of this of this song is Chocolat coming in and knocking the Duke unconscious because he's about to rape Satine. Like Pretty he, much. He belts him, he passes out, takes her back to the Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. She and Kristen reunite. Mm-hmm. And then they're about to leave. They're about to just pack their shit and go because they're like, I don't he's like, I don't care about the show. We have each other. We'll figure it out. Oh, that's right. Actually Satine doesn't know she's dying. She knows that she's right sick. Right, in the movie, yeah, she knows she's sick, but, but no Ziedler one tells her. Says, he says, Satine, you're dying. Marie, don't. Well, well he, yeah, before that, he tells everyone to shut the fuck up about it. She knows she's sick, like you right. said. She doesn't, she doesn't know she she's has dying. consumption. Right. right. So, and he's like, you're dying. Right. You need to do this guy a solid yeah. and just call it off. We're creatures of the underworld. We can't afford to love. Exactly. It's a line that they use in the show as Again, well. I felt like some of that was missing. There was I, just, I agree. There I agree. Was, and I know there's only so much that they can do in cutting down, putting it on the stage. Yeah. But some of that was missing a little bit in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I also felt like the interpretation for Satine in the musical, uh, the Broadway version, it also added in some of that stuff. Yeah. Like she knew she was sick, but we didn't really touch on the fact that she's dying. No right. one ever actually said that on stage. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So also too, there's one thing we're not going to talk about. Okay. We're going to leave it as a spoil, no spoilers for a certain part. So there, there is one thing, and again, there's one spoiler we won't talk about. Right. Um, the spoiler we will talk about, though, is Satine does also die in the musical. Yes. Shock. <laughs> but the thing I did not like, and this is something actually I kind of noticed throughout, is, I don't know, it felt rushed. Them falling in love felt rushed. Mm. Their, their infatuation with each other felt rushed. Yes. Her death felt Rushed. rushed. She literally was like coughing and she falls down and she's like, you have to tell our story. Yeah. Dead. There's definitely more. There was no like struggle to live. She coughed like five times and was like, you have to tell our story. And then she just passed. In the movie, it was much more. Oh, so dramatic. It's it's tragic because Christian goes back to the Moulin Rouge after she's rejected him. And he he goes to her with a fistful of money. And he's like, let me pay you because you're a whore. Why won't you let me pay you? And she's she's like struggling to breathe and like stay conscious. And she's like, Christian, it doesn't matter. Just go. Just leave. And he's like. He, he grabs her and he's like, tell me you don't love me. Uh-huh. But what he doesn't know is that the doors are about to open and he's on stage. Right. And right. so they have to play this whole scene and he like rejects her and he's like throws the money at her. They did keep, though, the thing that pulls him back, which is she sings Come What Come May. Come On May. Right. So right. they kept that part. Yes. But not as dramatic as it was in the movie. No, it wasn't. Again, again, this like. is something that they you missed rushed. the come up May reprise. Yeah. There was yeah. they touched on it a little bit, but it was come what may slash the, your song. Your song. Yeah. yeah. Which so, everybody sings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a part I again, I think it's just because they had to try to comp- 
compartmentalize so, so much. much stuff yeah and also make it different enough yeah for the stage and you have so, to like I, i'm not saying like they they did it a disservice but at the same time you're right there was a lot that was lost yeah. like in that last 20 to 25 minutes it's like okay we need to we need to go like we're it's it's a it's a downhill yeah. runaway train to the end and a part of me wondered if we were going to end on the sad note the yeah. same way the movie does <laughs> Or if we were going to come back to like this joyous curtain call thing. Yes, and the, and the latter happened. The latter happened. Um, and and in in that in that aspect, that's the only part that felt like a jukebox musical because right. Satine dies, Christian carries on. He's like, "This is my story: truth, beauty, freedom, and love." Now I'm going to go on and tell our story, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Yeah. And then it it ends with him singing "Come What May," I think, and then lights go out. And then we have this whole like remix, and then right. everyone comes back on and, then and dances. The, the men are in tutus, which is great, which is like very, yeah. very apropos to to the movie. Yeah. Um, and we have this whole jovial number where right. the bad guys singing along, you know, and, and and that was the only part that felt like a jukebox musical. It felt like a party at that point. Yeah. It felt like that felt like the beginning of the movie where you go into the Moulin Rouge and it's mm-hmm. just fucking raucous, mm-hmm. like hats are flying and it's music and blah. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know if I really liked the way it ended, but it's a Broadway it. show. It's a Broadway I didn't show. Mind it. Exactly. Right. I felt like, like, like it what, would, I was thinking about it the other way around for it to end like that and then for people to come out and quietly do a curtain call. That doesn't make sense it, for the show. It, it, it wouldn't work. It would not have worked. In the movie, like it ends on like the 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 song that plays for the credits. It, like it, it was Nature Boy. I think it was a, a version of Nature Boy, it was like a, but it was com- super somber. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like like a, a it was a, like sad piano, a piano, yeah, acoustic. And you're leaving the theater like, holy shit. Yeah. So this, of course, you want to send the audience home feeling good, and right. that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Like they did this whole remix. It was like like a like a live episode of Glee, yeah. essentially. Um, but a lot of fun. And I should say that I feel like all the performers just gave a oh my god thousand percent. I was Aaron Tveit at at three different points had snot leaking out of his nose because oh he God. was just so he was so in it he you was know? crying he was like just he was oh my god and the the like the vocal athleticism that comes with that role yeah and they were and throwing as well people they were tossing people they around were throwing people all the over second the act stage. opens with this awesome bad romance remix yes sort of uh commenting on christian and satine's bad romance but they're rehearsing the play at the same time right but yeah they're like almost touching each other and being pulled back and, right You'd like the entire chorus and of this just show. literally i think almost the only thing that wasn't used was a trap door otherwise yeah. literally every single entrance that you could make on a stage was made yeah, we had curtain audience ceiling ceiling like they were Rafters, all over like, the place everybody and the, was everywhere. The, the craftsmanship that went into creating the set oh of this God. musical of making the the costumes, miniatures the, of the of the, oh of the eiffel God. tower like you could see like like layers like you can see through the back window there was window. so much visual homage the to the stars movie. the yes like they like it very was the much movie. wanted to honor that and make sure and you that even that was got there. which is one of my favorite parts you even got them like standing on the eiffel tower with yes, like the glitter coming down so and the stars sweet. in the back and i'm like yeah this is a fucking musical right, yay you right. know and i i just i fell in love with it all over again and i think too like and this is something you mentioned is that this movie coming along when it did moulin rouge yeah is incredibly important not only for the movie musicals that we're seeing now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also too i think it helped with a resurgence for broadway musicals and glee would not exist without moulin rouge glee would I not exist. Com- completely... chicago probably would not have existed. chicago came after the fact mm-hmm. um so moulin rouge really was like the kickstarter it came out in the year 2000 so it's, it's, it's a millennium movie yep and uh, honest to God, I don't think audiences were ready for it. It's sort of like when, this is a little abstract, but when Roger Moore left James Bond and Timothy Dalton took over, okay. Dalton was a really kind of like violent, gritty. in your face, gritty James Bond. And audiences were like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Huh. Same way with Moulin Rouge. I feel like people knew it was a musical, but they uh, I don't know if people necessarily knew like, oh, you're taking pop songs and turning them into mm-hmm. musical numbers as a mashup. Right. I don't know if I am like, if my ears are tuned it to was, it. People either loved it or Plus, hated it. the way it's shot is yeah. very Baz Luhrmann style. It's yes. like you're on an acid trip on a roller coaster Which was going also, 150 I, miles I an hour. I 100% applaud the director for the, they did that yes. in, the, in the movie. And 
They did that in the Broadway musical. The environment that they created, you're right. The live environment that they created. There was so much going on. Again, felt like you were in the Moulin Rouge. You had to like, like there, watching you the couldn't, show. You have to go see it again because there was so much. I almost happening. want to sit in the balcony next time right. just to see like everything. It, there know. was just so much that was yeah. going on. Um, but the, the talent, the the creative, the cast. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I, I I want to single out Danny Burstein who plays. Harold Zidler. Oh my God, he was wonderful. He was fantastic. Brand new take on that character too, take. making him gay. Yeah. Oh my yeah, yeah, God, yeah. I and, fucking loved and that. And Jim Broadbent was amazing in the movie. He didn't do he didn't do any singing like Jim Broadbent I mean, sort of a Rex Harrison his way through a lot of numbers yeah. like Like a Virgin and and Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. I would I would push back on that. He sang a little bit. He sang a little bit, but like the the, the operatic parts where he, he right. where he starts ah, like a virgin that wasn't him. Oh, um, okay. but he he did the whole she made it through the wilderness somehow like she made it through. she made it through like he wrecks Harrison a lot of it um but the the performers the the fucking chorus in this show the costumes what they the athleticism what they were able to do live on stage but also in the movie I have to I I want to give props to the entire cast of of the Moulin Rouge film as yeah. well because it's the same thing yeah it, the it's it's a musical put to film and they're doing almost the exact same thing we saw on stage the idea though of doing that eight plus times a week holy shit I cannot imagine that's, that's like, why your drink was forty dollars because they have to pay they have to pay these guys. somebody and part of me is like yeah you guys are earning every fucking oh dollar oh my god you know like and I cannot and it just made me think about how much how difficult it is for Broadway performers and I think how so many just artists in general actors are very much underappreciated for the physical toll yes. that a performance takes on their body and that is not an aspect body. that a lot of people take into account the athleticism the intensity the commitment that these guys lead with and it, it it was it was infectious and they were also having a really great fucking time yeah and they were like making eye contact with us like putting out their hands oh yeah like one that of the, was intense one of the dancers made eye contact with megan Maybe she's like just I, I don't know what to not, do i, I was like i don't know where to, <laughs> someone like have something i ducked. can knit i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> should have brought a hoodie so i can just... um just go into it at any rate i i really loved the musical i did too I, I would totally go see it again. I'd see it again, too. I absolutely would see yeah, it again. Yeah. But I think that it's it's something where, just the same as when people get mad about the opposite, when they get mad about a musical being made into a movie, sure. they go see the movie and they're like, it's not the same. Don't expect that for this. Sure. Because the musical is not going to be the movie. It is a theatrical representation of the cinematic story. But it's still pretty close. It's and the, very and, close. And the movie is a musical. Yeah. So it was it was a movie musical first, then put on Broadway, which is right. not common in the sense that movie musicals are then put on Broadway. No, it's like usually, usually the other stage way into film. We're seeing all that everywhere right, else. Right. Yeah. So I you know, it it made me want to see the show again but also like watch the movie again. Yeah. Because it's actually been a while, even though it's right, been right, a right. Movie. But so um also just to touch a little bit about my experience oh right the, the reason why the reason yeah. why so if you if you think about the christians uh the uh, christian's arc you know he he finds a world that is brand new to him mm-hmm. and he just he jumps in head first only not not necessarily against his will but he finds the things that really speak to him the people that really build him up and inspire him essentially mm-hmm. satine especially um, I was raised in a Christian environment, in a Christian home. That's the reason Christian has his name in the show. And Satine is almost rhyming with Satan. So you have these... You think yeah, so? I think so, yeah. You have Christian and Satine. Like, they, they, they're star-crossed. Like, they, they can't really... They, they, they can't really love each other the way they want to. And they, they never really get their day i don't know i don't know about christian and satan falling in love (laughs) i'm not saying christian and christians and satan fall in love okay but she is the unattainable she's she's uh she's the sparkling diamond she's what you can't have she's what you're you're, she's what you're not allowed to have right and on the other turn too for satine christian is what she can't have right she can't have love she can't have something simple right she can't have happiness right exactly so i feel like christian's journey was sort of my i felt it spoke to me for my journey finding theater Mm. because once i left my school once i graduated i was able to go to college and 
jump in headfirst to the theatrical world and discover all these different playwrights. And you moved and, to New York. And like I moved you to New York when I was 19. You, know? yeah, you yeah, moved yeah. to New York to learn how to become an yeah, actor. Yeah. To and, it, and it's this whole new crazy world mm-hmm. in comparison to your little small Christian world, small town. Exactly. Like that totally makes sense. And, you know, being in love for the first time and everything that ties in with that, I feel like we all mm-hmm. have our first great love story, um, which oftentimes don't turn out well. Right. So there, there was that aspect of it as well. Um, I just, I really identified with Christian's journey and I feel like there's a lot of innocence that was lost by the end. You know, he's a changed person. There's some catharsis there. There's loss. There's, there's gain. Um, so yeah, I, I feel it. And I think that's why the movie is so personal to me because mm. I, I just feel that much of a deep emotional connection to it. That totally makes Plus sense. Plus it's a lot of fucking fun it is you know yeah it's a trip both the movie and the stage version you're it, it feels like you're see going both. out of your mind like literally yeah. if we could recommend should you go and see either of these absolutely you should go see both if you want to watch the movie before you see it go right ahead and i'm sorry i cannot wait for the regional productions <laughs> of moulin rouge i am very excited i don't know for if that. they will live up to the production standards no. unless you have a ton of money right um but still i feel like a lot of the regional productions would be a lot yeah of and if the tour yeah. is and coming tour, through your town like yeah i would absolutely, absolutely see go see it. oh my god the yeah tour yeah, yeah. Would be so complicated but right. yeah i would recommend this to anyone and everyone yeah especially music lovers do we have trivia i think we have a little bit of trivia okay so uh let's hop into a little bit um cue trivia music So these are specifically for the movie. Filming was halted for two weeks in November of 1999 after Nicole Kidman fractured two ribs what? and injured her knee while rehearsing a dance routine for the film. Many of the scenes where she is seen only from the chest up, including a, a real actress, were shot when she was in a wheelchair. Oh. <laughs> so that, that whole scene where uh, the, the girls put up their skirts and she's changing and, and they're right. like, oh, oh is, is the Duke down. here? Yeah, what's he like? And she's like changing costumes. She's actually sitting in a wheelchair. Oh as she's my doing god! <laughs> everything from the chest up because she's in a fucking wheelchair. Jesus! Ah, uh, the necklace she wore in the movie uh, had one thousand three hundred eight actual diamonds, <gasps> uh, weighed a total of one hundred thirty-four carats. That was another thing. The costume changes in the musical. Holy fuck! Holy crap! Those things went fast and yeah. they were elaborate. Zippers, zippers. Zippers and magnets and a lot of magnets. A lot. I, of I didn't magnets. hear any Velcro, which made me really happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the original draft of the uh, screenplay, Satine has a three-year-old child, mm-hmm. and in the story, uh, this whole story is told of the child in flashbacks, and Christian is telling the kid, "This is the story of your mother. This is how oh. you know I met her." So I don't know if it's Christian's kid. I don't think it is. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, but that was the original draft. Interesting. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I commented on this earlier. During Satine's Trabi's entrance, blue light was used due to Nicole Kidman's very pale skin tone. Okay. And it made her glow, essentially. So right. She actually looked like a sparkling diamond, right. which I really appreciated. Uh, Come What May was written by David Bayerwald for Romeo and Juliet. Right. But not used. In Moulin Rouge, it's newly written for the stage show by Christian. It is the only completely original song in the entire film. However, because it was written for another film... It was disqualified it. Oh, from the Oscars. Interesting. In the Like a Virgin number, Jim Broadbent's voice is dubbed by an opera singer, mimicking oh. Broadbent's own vocal performance. The floor was rubbed with Coca-Cola so the dancers wouldn't slip. That actually which is, is a thing. That is a thing. I didn't know that. Yes, it is. This segment, Richard Roxford's favorite experience from the production, took an entire week to film. Um, both Nicole Kidman and Ewan, and Ewan McGregor wore harnesses for the scenes on the elephant. Good. As they were 60 feet off the ground. It's a, it's an incredible movie. It really is. I um, and the the like a virgin number might be my favorite my yeah. favorite number. Um, it's it 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 really had an impact on me. I feel like again, it's it sort of set the precedent for a lot of the musicals that we're seeing now. Yeah. Again, Glee would not exist without this movie. Yeah. Chicago. Um, and any of the other musicals that came out after that. Nine. Yeah. The I feel like Moulin Rouge was kind of the kickoff. Yeah. And it set the precedent. You either loved it or you hated it. There was no gray area for this movie. Like I said, I don't think audiences were ready for it. But no. like looking back twenty years, it's a very important movie. In yeah. Oh yeah, and absolutely. It is. It is unlike any other movie you will ever watch in your life. It brought back movie musicals. It really did. Yeah. It really did, including Les Mis, which Aaron Tveit was in, who played Angel Ross. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, I feel like we as performers in a way owe a lot to this musical. Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a celebration and it's, it's a fucking party and it's a lot of fun. So if you can see the stage play, if you have enough money, uh, I would say, uh, see the movie any and all chances that you get. I have the original DVD two disc version that he will apparently mail to you. (laughs) For, but you have to mail it back. It's like old school Netflix when you got the DVDs in the mail. This was one of like the the first DVDs that actually had like hidden little features. Like if you scroll around using oh, the pad yeah. on your remote, you would like there's like little, little treasures ones. and yes. there's like a little green fairy on there, and you'll see a, a lot of fun little behind the scenes stuff. There's some videos on YouTube. There's and if you can look it up, you might have seen it. But there's like a one minute video of all this behind the scenes footage that's cut together. I have seen to that. an instrumental yes. of uh, of your song. Yeah, and it shows Ian McGregor and Nicole Kidman rehearsing it's so some of the sweet. early costume and makeup yeah. tests. It's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like you can see what these two were really creating together. Mm-hmm. Um, you just see a lot of trust and a lot of love. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a great fucking movie. Great musical and. Uh, see it, it over yeah. again over and over so uh we're not sure what we're gonna watch next or I think, what we're gonna uh, do next. yeah I'll, i got some I, you have I got some, some ideas? ideas okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so then we're gonna mull it over we're not gonna rock the vote you're just gonna deal you're with just it. gonna deal and uh <laughs> and we'll be back hopefully next week if not next week the week after great uh, thanks for listening yeah be subscribe sure share, share like um find tweet, us on woof, social media all that jazz woof and if you can please uh consider donating to my team for kids fundraiser if not you can share the link around with friends link is in my bio on instagram farmer 646 anything you want to plug uh donate money to obese children give them money give them money for more ice cream no for the team for kids for the The whatever not, your thing it's is. Not curbing obese. I mean, it is, but it's not. No, for, I'm making fun of it. It's not for fat kids making fat kids. I run. know. I'm making fun of it. I'm being. <laughs> Team I'm being for a, fat kids. I'm being a bitch. Uh, but anyways, uh, no, uh, I have nothing to plug other than you're wonderful and amazing. Thank you for a fantastic anniversary present. I screamed at my office when you sent me the video of you walking <laughs> up to the Moulin Rouge at uh, the Al Hirschfield. Show. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Happy anniversary. Happy you're anniversary. Welcome. Happy yeah. five years. Mm-hmm. You I too. love you. I love you too. And uh, that's it. All right. Rocket. Anything to add? He's out. He's passed out yes. under Megan's chair. Um, so we will see you guys uh, hopefully next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.